You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. We all hear stories about scams that target older people, but did you know that the total cost of elder financial exploitation is as high as $36 billion a year? That's according to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. But for individuals and their families, it goes deeper than that. Just the cost of the exploitation doesn't even get to the social cost or the cultural cost of people who want to take advantage of our mothers, our grandmothers, our grandfathers, the older people in our lives. Marketplace Morning Report host David Brancaccio spent the last year digging into this issue. He's soon going to host a series of special coverage and an hour-long special titled Brains and Losses. That special will air here on WDET on Tuesday the 21st at 2 p.m. And I'm joined now by David Brancaccio to talk about that work. David, welcome to Detroit Today. Stephen, thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's great to have you with us. So uh, how has this become such a massive problem? Here's the thing. I mean, doctors knew this, but also I think you and I probably have life experience about this, uh, unfortunately. Uh, older people who sadly suffer from dementia, diagnosable dementia, Alzheimer's, of course are vulnerable to scammers. But there's emerging evidence, some of it very interesting we'll talk about, neuroscience, psychological data, that suggest that older people who are A-OK, just fine, super with it, doing cool stuff – may still be extra vulnerable to scammers as they age. Hmm. And these are the people in our lives that we thought, well, we don't really have to watch. We don't have to ask questions about money. They really have it going on. And this is the particularly eye-opening piece of the work that we've done. They have brain scans. They put people into uh, souped-up MRI machines, and they've noticed that, for instance, is a, there's a study out of uh, Cornell and McGill University, mm-hmm. Stephen, where uh, they found, and it's very hard to find scam victims who want to admit sure. that they've been through this for some reasons I want to talk about later. It's not just the obvious reasons in older people, but they, fo- they found 13 scam victims, elderly, and they found 13 equivalent uh, people uh, their de- de- demographics were the same, similar age, education, and so forth, who had resisted a scam and researchers found differences in the brain. Hmm. So this is getting very, very interesting. And they can't, you can't go in and get a scan and they'll say you are now susceptible to, <laughs> to, to scammers. That's, yeah. It's not there yet. Maybe someday there'll be something like this. But it opens up, I think, I mean, this is an elder justice issue. It is a personal finance issue. It's a lot of issues because while... Sadly, many of us at any age can be vulnerable to scams. There are certain scams that target young people, and young people fall for those scams. When you're older, you have less time to recover from sure. a financial assault like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I wonder how much this has to do with trust. Uh, and and I, I ask that question because uh, with, with my own mother, uh, I, I'm seeing as she gets older – there's a there's a willingness to trust things that uh, that uh, that she is unfamiliar with, right? Um, mm. and all of the technological changes that are that are going on around us, she doesn't sort of instinctively distrust 
those those things, the the computer and the internet, uh, the the prevalence of cell phones and and the, the constant calling. Um, I, I wonder if that is part of what uh, you're uncovering here. Well, you're really onto something there. There's a study that. Um gerontologists like to cite quite frequently. It was done out in California. They showed old and young pictures of benignly trustworthy faces and slightly menacing faces. And generally, the older people had trouble discerning which ones to trust. Hmm. They didn't spot necessarily at the same levels uh, as the young people did the ones to keep an eye out for who look sketchy. And uh, they find that, uh, for instance, different parts of the brain, but one is called the insula, as I understand it. It does apparently a lot of things, but researchers tell me it's the gut instinct. It's that little piece of you that says, don't walk down that alley. It's not a good idea. Mm. The gut instinct. It's the signal isn't as strong in some older people. And we should talk about this. Some older people. (laughs) Stephen, my dad... (laughs) who's a college professor, 85, he's always going to be more clever about money than I am. (laughs) And um, that's a slightly lifted quote from one of my sources in the whole show. Uh, One of the people who coined this interesting term, age-associated financial vulnerability, he himself points out that his dad is always going to be smarter than him about money. But um, it's not just changes to the brain. I want to emphasize this. Um, It's a lot of things. For instance, older people tend to be, can be more isolated live alone, that is a vulnerability in itself, right? If you don't have a second pair of ears and eyes going, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right to me, you can be vulnerable. Some older people are prescribed lots of medications at once. It's called polypharmacy, apparently. And if doctors aren't talking amongst themselves, that can be a a vulnerability. So you have social, cultural, uh, and these interesting changes in the brain that add up to this vulnerability. Hey, Steve, I was going to ask you, you don't have any of the audio from our series, or you do? Uh, we do. Uh, in okay. fact, uh, as, as you were talking, I was thinking of uh, one clip in particular where you're talking with Mark Locks, who is a geriatrician at New York's Weill Cornell Medical Center. And he's saying that it's not always easy to figure out what causes older people to be susceptible to these scams. Let's take a listen to that clip. The most frustrating people in my science and in my clinical practice are people who test up and down neuropsychologically normal. I mean, they've had the million-dollar neurologic workup, and yet they still give away the farm in ways that they would not have when they were younger. Yeah. So he's kind of uh, amplifying that point that you were just making. Yeah. I just wanted people to know with that cut that I wasn't making this up. (laughs) This is, is, for instance, his thesis. And it is controversial in a sense because, um, and we discuss this in the hour documentary and in one of our broadcast pieces later next week. You have to uh, address this head on. If you just say everyone over the age of X, 89 years old, There need to be new rules for them about what types of investments they might participate in without some kind of review, anything like that. There are advocates who say that is discrimination, Hmm. discrimination that has a name, ageism, right? If you do it by age, not by competence. But the problem is researchers don't quite have all the tools yet to fully judge uh, competence. I mean, maybe someday there'll be brain scans. There's some very sophisticated work being done in your listening area 
Uh, Peter Lichtenberg, famous uh, psychologist at Wayne State University, is doing stuff not involving brain scans, but coming up with sophisticated tests in which you ask people questions um, in the much more sophisticated than, for instance, what I'm about to tell you. This isn't Peter's, but the way they used to do it is they would ask people to try to judge how susceptible they are. They'd say things like, do you agree strongly or not strongly? I answer the phone whenever it rings, even if I don't know who's calling. Hmm. I have difficulty ending a phone call, even if the caller is a telemarketer. If a telemarketer calls me, I usually listen to what they have to say. And depending on how people <clears throat> answers how people answer questions like that, you can get a sense. At Wayne State, they're doing something much more sophisticated and actually have an interesting website, um, uh, oldernestegg.com. I'm going to check it as we're talking. Uh, Elder Nest Egg. Yeah, this is live radio. Love it. Um, I'll Google it while we're talking. I'll come back to that. The, um, I mean, I will search it while we're talking. Regard, I'm not going to endorse any search engine. But it's, uh, it's interesting. And here's the thing. The researchers typically have lots of trouble um, finding people to talk about uh, yeah, their experiences, Yeah, I, I don't right? doubt that at all. Sure. You know, and, and here's the thing. Like, any of us don't want to talk about it um, uh, because it's embarrassing. Yeah. However, older people—this is what I didn't fully appreciate till I got involved in this. There's an additional thing people tell me. If you— admit to a researcher or, in my case, a public radio reporter, <laughs> that you've had this terrible experience, um, it might, you fear that your kids or your wider family will use that as an excuse to get their hooks into you, sure. to get all up in your business. Yeah. And you value your independence. It's all, and, and, uh, and maybe they'll use it as, you know, yet another piece of evidence that, you know, it's time for you to uh, be more carefully watched. Now, in some cases that... <laughs> Maybe people should be more involved because um, one of the most vivid things that a researcher told me in all my reporting over the last year, someone very concerned with financial abuse of elders, abuse of elders in general, was that abuse is the absence of social support. And so what is then the cure? The cure is social support. Is more support, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, My guest is David Brancaccio. He's the Marketplace Morning Report host and senior editor. Uh, He's host of a new Marketplace series of special coverage titled Brains and Losses, which looks at how aging Americans are more vulnerable to financial abuse and fraud. You can hear an hour-long Brains and Losses special right here on WDET on Tuesday the 21st at 2 p.m. Also, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us, have you or a loved one ever experienced financial exploitation? Tell us what happened and tell us how you try to protect yourself and your loved ones from financial abuse or fraud. Are you taking care maybe of an elderly family member and worry about people taking advantage of him or her? How do you guard against that? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit today, and uh, we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, David, I, I, I wonder if you can talk just a little about what attracted you to this space. What was it that said uh, this was a story you wanted to, to report more deeply on? Well, I, you know, you hear our program day in, day out. One of the things that we try to do is not just the stock market going up a blip or down a blip, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also we try to keep an eye on uh, the personal finance issues that affect vulnerable populations. And uh, you can 
slice and dice that in so mm-hmm. many ways. This is a vulnerable population. People who are older, people who we thought uh, might be on the lookout for scams. Because, by the way, researchers also say that life experience counts. The wisdom of age does serve as a kind of antidote to some of the changes that people experience as they age. But, uh, but nonetheless... Uh, this is a very important area that public media should be focused on. But the other thing is, I have a dad who's 85. I have a wonderful father-in-law who is also precisely 85. And they both get besieged by the, what I would call, spam soup that some of us are now starting to experience just on our own phones Mm -hmm. of any age. Mm -hmm. Uh, You go hang out with my father-in-law, and that phone is ringing every eight minutes with someone trying to pick his pocket. And he's a retired judge, and he's pretty focused, and uh, he uh, either doesn't engage or turns these people down. But something that really made my blood run cold when I was hanging out with him a few weeks ago, my father-in-law, is he played a message for me that had come in on his answering machine. And it was a robo-voice saying that he had signed up for tech support a while back, not true, but that's what the voice said, and that the company had gone out of business and that he was due a refund. Please call. The Federal Trade Commission, Stephen, says that is one of the ways, if you call, that they can ask for your bank information and they get information on you. So my dad is born in Brooklyn, New York. He's a real Brooklynite and he's a a retired (laughs) professor. Uh, He... The tech support people, the fake tech support people, got their hooks into him almost. And then when they wanted 600 bucks, he told them to buzz off. And, uh, <laughs> and actually, we have a video that we're going to post at marketplace.org um, of me having a piece of the important conversation that one needs to have with our elders. I want to come back to that later. It's called yeah. The Talk, and it's mm-hmm. one of the antidotes. But did you see um, – so it's hard talking to fraud victims to mm-hmm. find them. Uh, we did find a lot of families willing to talk, but we did find some victims. And someone who really has changed my life during my association with her because the story is so intense. Um, Her name is Judy. She lives in South New Jersey Mm -hmm. near the shore. She is 79. And I'm telling you, Stephen, you meet her. She reads as 62. She Mm -hmm. just is very vibrant. She drives with great aplomb. She does math in her head better than I do. But... Um, And she still works. She's a substitute uh, school nurse in the public schools there. So tech support calls her a year and a half ago. I mean, she uh, believes that there's something wrong with her computer and uh, they get in. And then they show her, either they show her or they create the illusion, there's different ways to do that, that one of her bank accounts has been drained of $29,000 and is now like zero. So she freaks out. I mean, I'd freak out. Sure. And the experts say when you freak out, it's the emotional side of your brain that starts talking. And um, they say, but don't worry, ma'am. We will give all of it to you back. All of it. You'll get it back if you do as we say. So over a two-week, it's like this Greek odyssey hmm. uh, tragedy. <sighs> the scammer gets her to go to Walmart and Target to buy those gift cards. I've seen the gift cards. I took a whole day going through them. She's got over 100 gift cards over two weeks, 25 trips to these stores. She buys $166,000 in gift cards. Oh and, see, and it gets worse than that. So she's uh, – uh, do you have that tape ready? This is the, yes, the we Judy do. We tape. have, we have uh, a clip of her talking about this. Uh, let's listen to that really quickly. I was – 
driving like this. I was driving, clenching the wheel. I'm so mad, and I couldn't figure out, as I thought about it, if I'm mad at him or mad at me. No kidding. I mean, why am I out here on this freaking road again, driving all the way out to Walmart? Wow. Yeah. And so all those nights, and then there's a bank transfer to Nepal. It's just, it's just awful. She can't really explain why. She was scared. They started making threats against her family and knew some information about her family. Mm-hmm. So she got scared. And she loses all this money. We had a lot of discussions. I go back on a follow-up interview a few months after our first interaction, and I'm sitting in her living room and talking. And we're doing an interview. I have the tape recorder out and a tape recorder, tape, <laughs> my digital <laughs> device. And uh, how old am I? And, uh, and the phone, uh, a, a, another scammer had called her about 15 times in the last day, left messages on her answering machine that she'd won some big prize. This is a classic scam. You get your lottery sweepstakes, sure. but you have to pay money up front. Baloney. And, um, and the phone warbles, it rings. She picks it up, puts it on speakerphone. It's a scammer live. So I'm sitting there with the, with, oh, the, wow. with the recorder. And he says, $2 million will be delivered to her house that afternoon if she gives some money up front. And uh, it's so bizarre. And he ups the amount to $2.2 million. And uh, this, the 79-year-old is quite uh, quick on the uptake. And she says, where's the other point two come from? <laughs> and the weird voice says... Uh, your money has been placed on deposit at the Federal Reserve Bank of Washington D.C. and has accrued accrued two hundred grand interest in the last day. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, so it's it we're being besieged by this. Yeah. It seems to be reaching a tipping point, and uh, um, while federal law, there have been a couple of updates that have made some improvements in the last two years. One of them appointed at every. Um, U.S. Attorney's Office around the country, what is called an elder justice coordinator. Hmm. And they get social workers talking to law enforcement and they try to do outreach. Because here's the thing. If you take people through the different scams, you show them the top 10 scams, like this is what a romance scam looks like. Or this is what the lottery scam looks like. Um, That can be one of the antidotes. Another update in federal law is very interesting. Um, you kind of want to watch the want the banks to be looking out for some of their older clients. Yes. And they'd like to, but they were worried about privacy laws. And there's a, a case we report on up in Maine where, uh, where a credit union up by the Canadian border spots some strange scam-like activity in an older woman's account and tips off a sister even though they know they're taking – they feel they're taking a risk by tipping off someone who's not an account holder. So Maine has a system where they train tellers and if you take the training, you're indemnified if you raise an alarm. And new federal law called the Senior Safe Act from 2018 um, also gives banks more reassurance that if they notice something weird and tell – uh, you know, someone responsible that they're not held liable. Um, you know, but that's just yeah. banks. Stockbrokers don't have to do that, right. don't have that system. But they now have a new thing where uh, they're supposed to ask everybody for a trusted contact so that they, if they notice something that looks scam like, they can. They can tell. go to somebody. They can go to somebody. They can't say what it is. Yeah. They can't say, you know, they just wrote a check to 20 grand and sent it to Nepal. But they can say, I think it's time you check in with your loved one because I'm not liking what we're seeing. It's that kind of thing. So there's that. But um, people are still 
terribly vulnerable. And the scammers seem to be ahead of the curve on yeah, this. Yeah, it seems like they're adapting very quickly to uh, the environment and figuring out ways to keep doing what they're doing despite what we, uh, what we do to push back. Um, okay, I'm going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, I'm going to continue the conversation with David Brancaccio, and we're going to get to the calls. Paul in Oakland County, Bernadette in Redford, Maryland in Oakland Park, Dennis in Berkeley, and Nancy in Sterling Heights. We will hear from you next as well. Stay with us on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. My guest is David Brancaccio. He's the Marketplace Morning Report host and senior editor. He is the host of a new Marketplace series of special coverage titled Brains and Losses, which looks at how aging Americans are more vulnerable to financial abuse and fraud. We're talking about how prevalent that is in our lives, in all of our lives, and what might be done about it. As always, we want to hear from you about uh, your experience with this. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Paul in Oakland County. Paul, welcome to the show. Hi, how you doing? Hey. Uh, it's a great topic, and th- thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I just want to ask a question. You keep talking about strangers um, bilking people out of money. But has your research, have you talked about family members that have done similar types of things where an elderly person may be more susceptible, say, to give mm. money to a child or another family member um, because of the, you know, their same, the same reasons? Yeah. Great question, Paul. Thanks very much for the call. Uh, David, do, do you get to, to some of that here? This must be my twin who just called because <laughs> I, just before the break, went, do I mention the family stuff? Then I held off for a second. And here's the question. So thank you for asking that. Hey, uh, I hope everyone's sitting down and, 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 and safe when I give you the statistic. 58%, according to one study, of financial fraud uh, against elderly are family members, not just caregivers or friends. And this is a huge deal. You have this vision of people calling from offshore call centers and organized crime. That is also true. That's true. And also there are scam schools, I've been told, where scammers overseas learn how to do some of this stuff. But family members. And so I talked to um, uh, a senior prosecutor in King County that's near Seattle, and she's dedicated a lot of her career to fighting this kind of stuff. Mm. I go, who is it? Who's the perpetrator? Well, sometimes it's what I call the entitlement motivation. This is the caregiver who thinks they're owed for the, quote, love that they've been bestowing on the victim. Uh, But she says it's often people with various addictions, shopaholic, um, opioid yeah, addicts, but also sense. gambling addicts. Really big thing she sees in her practice. So uh, so there's that. You know, one of the most celebrated cases of this in this century, uh, famed New York socialite Brooke Astor, hmm. um, her son, who's a famous guy, uh, Broadway producer, former um, U.S. ambassador, uh, got convicted uh, for grand larceny for paying himself a, a the legal case showed a big lump sum salary raise drawing from her money. Um, and uh, this was abuse by family. Yeah. And it's very intractable stuff. Just talked to a lawyer in Florida who had a lovely 86-year-old guy named Michael McCadden um, who taught dance, was a Korean War vet, 
And uh, the daughter made him sign the house over and took about half a million dollars from him. And the court reversed that. So yay, except three weeks later, he passed away. So it's just, uh, this stuff is endemic. And uh, sadly, many people listening right now know who in our own families uh, they're thinking about. Yeah, Yeah, who's doing it? Wow. Uh, again, Paul, thanks very much for the call yeah, Paul, and the very incisive question there. Let's go to Nancy in Sterling Heights. Nancy, what's on your mind? Hi, I've got a story that's interesting. Uh-huh. Yep, you there, Nancy? Yep, I think she might have accidentally hung up the phone. All right, let's go to Marilyn in Oak Park. Marilyn, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello. Uh, I have a friend who's in her 90s and who fell victim to one of those grandma uh, telephone scams um, where the kid calls and says he's been in an accident and he needs money. And she was just slightly suspicious because his voice didn't sound right. Well, he was all prepared with all the answers. He said in the accident his nose was broken. So he was he was prepared. So she got taken in by this scam to the tune of a thousand dollars. And uh, instead of instead of worrying too much about what had happened, she just she got up and dusted herself off and volunteered to go to the uh, church fifty plus club meeting and tell everybody about mm-hmm. it so mm-hmm. that they wouldn't get ripped off. Hopefully, so that they'd be more aware. Yeah. So I, I I think that she she just had a lot of nerve picking herself up and doing something about it. Yeah. Uh, Marilyn, I really I really love that story. And and David, that gets to something you were talking about earlier, which is that a lot of people are embarrassed when these things happen and don't want to say anything. But in, in fact, part of the solution is people talking. Yeah, more telling about, about how it actually works. We had this guy who, uh, his lovely guy named Chad Schreiber in outside of um, outside of St. Louis, and his dad moved in after the death of the mother, and uh, um, so they shared a home office, and this guy's getting attacked by scammers right and left, and the son is parrying these attempts to take money. And he started a seminar himself, the son, at his church mm. that's blossomed into more stuff. He doesn't—he does it pro bono. He doesn't do it for money, in which he tries to educate people. So, by the way, I, I was trying—I was groping for a website— uh, and because it's in your listening area, sure. Dr. Peter Lichtenberg at Wayne State, it's um, it's spelled marketplace.org. <laughs> it's my website. No, <laughs> let me be fair to, to, to Peter. Olderadultnestegg.com. Olderadultnestegg.com. Okay. Starting tomorrow, we all have tons of resources, including a link to that at marketplace.org. That'll be tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to Nancy, who's back with us. Nancy, go ahead. Hi. Hey. My sister works in a big box store, and one of their cashiers had a lady come in, an older woman come in, and buy all, try to buy a whole lot of cards. So she asked her, ma'am, is there somebody telling you that you need to buy these cards for some reason and send them to them? And she says, yeah, I was, they t- she just started crying. She says, they've kidnapped my grandson. Oh my and uh, so they said, let's call your daughter right now and see if he's missing. So they did. Of course, the child was not missing. Right. They called the police. The police got involved. And it was all because a cashier wouldn't just let somebody buy right. all this without asking her a simple question. Right. Uh, that's, a, oh. that's a really interesting story, Nancy. I'm really glad you called. Uh, um, we've only got about a minute and a half left, David, but I, I want to have you talk some about what Nancy's talking about there, which is this 
general awareness in uh, sort of consumer spaces of uh, people doing things that don't seem quite right. That also seems like uh, a potential solution here. Exactly. I mean, you know, be, people being more connected. That's a lovely story about the clerks uh, keeping an eye on this. Now, it is true that a year after the woman in New Jersey got so scammed, $166,000 of the gift cards, the big box stores reined in some of the rules involving these gift cards. Uh, it's not quite as easy to run up quite mm. what this one woman told me. But we have to look out for each other. Um, I just saw a very interesting study that suggested that what are the what are the risk factors? And a lot of this is up for debate. More data is coming in. But the, it's not that older or frailer people are more susceptible. What they find is it's about um, happiness, about hmm. psychological well-being. When people are not, they are more susceptible to scams. So if there's someone in your life that fits the bill of unhappy, please keep a closer eye out. Wow. Okay. David Brancaccio, Marketplace Morning Report host. It was really great to talk with you about this here on Detroit Today. Thanks so much for listening to this and, and listen to the series. Yeah, and a reminder that Brains and Losses will air here on WDET next Tuesday, the 21st, at 2 p.m. That's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow, and I hope you will, too. We're going to talk about the mental health effects of suburban life and the built environment. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.